All right, you ready to do this? Yeah. Okay, I got an intro. Okay, sweet. Spoiler alert! Here is this week's show show with Sweets and Slaney. Episode 207. 207. 207. I played your poems for Jen the other day, and she <laughs> she really liked them. Okay, good. That's nice. Well, actually, I, I should say I just played um, the... the uh, uh, Cheesemonger? No, no, I actually forgot about that one. I should have kept going, but I played the the Spirit Halloween one because that was. Oh, one that's my great. best one. I thought yeah. that was great. Ask me later. I'll do some more for you. Okay, perfect. I'm bursting at the seams. I, I meant to. I I realized after last week that I didn't ask you for a poem. Well, it's good filler, and actually, we probably won't f- easily fill an hour tonight. Anytime I say that, I end up being wrong, or right. if I feel like we've come like really loaded for the podcast, we're actually scraping for time. Uh, all that to say, there's no way to plan. You just got to live your life. That's right. You just got to go with the flow on mm. the old show show. That's right. <laughs> How you doing? What's up? Good. Nothing crazy. Wedding this weekend. Uh, oh, a Thanksgiving the, wedding. A Thanksgiving wedding. Yeah. Uh, Brent, That's cool. That's good. Brent's wedding, standing in it. Uh, Brent is a, uh, a, a typical listener of the show show. That's right. On What's and up? off. Congratulations, on, Brent. Brent. If you're listening to this. Um. So yeah, excited about that. Busy, happy that I'm feeling good. Um, beyond that, uh, been watch. You know what I watched this weekend? I watched Jerry Maguire. Not for the first time. No, not really. But it was one of those ones, not unlike The Breakfast Club, where I, I for sure like. I can honestly, it's amazing. I um, I almost it, can't think of is, a better movie for you. This than is a Jerry surprising Maguire. one, isn't it? It is. Yes, yes, and not just because like. He's a sports guy, and there's it's a, like a low-key sports movie, and it's a sensitive movie, and those mm. are kind of your two areas. Yeah. Um, also, he kind of has some of the same crises as you. Sure, yeah, yeah, where he's, where... <laughs> like, he wants better for himself and for things. Yeah. And like, not all of it. Definitely, Jerry he's, makes he's, mistakes that you wouldn't make, like, getting married to Dorothy and stuff. Right. But. He's really analyzing, like, when he, when he gets flipped off by the hockey player's son. Who's, yeah. who's like, hey. That's Drake Bell, by can't... the way. That is oh, na- really? Now, uh, yeah, sexual deviant Drake Bell. Oh, I, did, I forgot about that part. Yeah. Crazy. Um, <laughs> Sorry to bring it up. <laughs> who was he to judge Jerry Maguire? Exactly. He Man. even says, fuck you. I always, I've often thought, like, is that yeah. the youngest person to say fuck you in a movie? Probably not, but. No, well, because then the uh, the little the little boy. Uh, oh, Jonathan Lipnick, he says he, it. He yeah. also says it later. Yes. The human head weighs eight pounds. Yep. Um, these can smell fear my name what was the next thing about his neighbor my neighbor has a rabbit yes <laughs> um, oh it's so good it is really good but you know what i was thinking in a weird way um don't know if it could get made in the same way today no i don't think that like a big studio movie uh that's essentially a romantic comedy essentially a romantic comedy where the boss is like kind of like developing a relationship like drunkenly goes over is kind of like the person in power essentially yeah like there's a lot of stuff that would have to be kind of flipped around there's a phenomenal rewatchables moment when they when they did uh jerry Maguire, where bill breaks down the logistics of jerry leaving the winning football game getting on a plane and showing up at dorothy's and she's still in book club like, right. He works with the timing of it where it should be like five in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a fair point. It is. There was a, yeah, there was some of that stuff in it. Um good movie though. And and we're getting like super, super early um uh who's um who's Mar- uh uh Cuba Gooden Jr.'s Cuba, wife. Cuba oh oh Regina King. Regina King. You're so right. And Cuba won an Oscar for that. He did. That was like his that was like his peak moment. That's really. another thing that would likely not happen nowadays is like this supporting role in a romantic comedy. Like it's an right. elevated performance. And actually I think that Cruz deserved an Oscar nomination. He might have gotten one, in fact, but he he probably deserved to win. Yeah. Because that's for my money his best performance because it's his most grounded part. Yeah. Yeah. And and uh most versatile. I can He's quote, playing everything. In that. I can quote so much of that movie because of the Springsteen song, because there's two versions of Secret Garden by Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. And one of them, 
which they didn't play on the radio, but mm-hmm. we played in my house mm-hmm. has like all of these like clips from the movie. Right. And now if I listen to the like album cut Secret Garden, it feels very hollow to me. I expect like Dorothy to jump in or the priest to yeah. pronounce them husband and wife. Did very unique soundtrack. Did did um Free Fallen was that like a, a hit like two years prior to this movie or did this kind of help propel it to Tom Petty? Yeah. Free Fallen is like, uh, it's an 80s song, isn't it? No, it's like early 90s. No kidding. Like, uh, I think Wildflowers is is uh, early 90s. Yeah. Like, possibly like 94. I don't know. I can't I can't even begin to fact check you on that, but I think Jerry Maguire was like 94, 95. Yeah. Okay. So it could, I think 94 might have been the year. That's So possible. they might have come out like hand in hand. I really think that Cameron Crowe had one of the great runs. Was thinking about that. For an early filmmaker. So like we talked about Fast Times recently. That, yeah. that started as his novel, which is very odd. Wow. And so like I think people take for granted how autobiographical Almost Famous is. Like he really was yeah. a rock journalist. Yeah. As a, as a, a youth. Mm-hmm. And then he wrote a novel because he was a writer. He was just like a prosist. Right. Um, wrote a novel. And then he got the opportunity to turn his novel into a screenplay for Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Uh, Amy Heckerling directed that movie and somewhere in there he quasi becomes a filmmaker because he wrote a screenplay right and then because he wrote a successful screenplay he got to direct his next one which was probably say, say anything. anything yeah and then Jerry Maguire and and almost famous and like the four of those together I might even be forgetting like a really the, good one there could be another one what happens to get him to like Aloha is right, clearly a big bummer. Yeah, and and the the Orlando Bloom one before that, like oh, uh, actually Elizabeth Town. You, you like Elizabeth? I Town? don't mind it. Okay. It's you're right. We, it's, we might have brought that up. Before. It's no Jerry Maguire, right? But it's not. But the it's worst. decent. Yeah, yeah. Is is he even active anymore, or is he kind of like yeah, I did my thing? He's. I, I happen to know he's not because I looked him up after okay. after I watched fat watched Fast Times. I mean, he might be working on something. He mm. might have decided, you know, I may I may need to kind of recalibrate where I am artistically, and maybe he'll come back with like a great new opus. Right. But like, that's a man who made some really, truly fabulous films. Totally. And, and not a guy who comes up in consistent conversation. No, not like a, like a Hughes or like, a uh, like a PTA or I don't and know also, why I said PTA. But. The other big director of the nineties was also named Cameron. Cameron so, Crowe. Well, he's Cameron Crowe. And so he's Jam- Cameron Crowe. James Cameron. Right. And then the Counting Crows were big. I think he right. just got lost in the... He got lost in the Crows. Yeah. There was the Counting Crows, and there was also the Black Crows, too. Also the Black Crows, yeah. 90s was the, the decade of the Crow. <laughs> and the Camerons. And the Camerons. <laughs> and you know what? It's all good shit. <laughs> hey, that's actually... Uh, that's actually... I was just trying to think, like, is there some connection you can make? Like, should you name your kid? Was there an influx of kids named Cameron or Crowey? No, there's think so. remarkably few Camerons. Do you know a Cameron? I don't. I like the name. Yeah. Maybe this is a, a, a turning point, show show turning point, where we'll be like, hey, we both like the name Cameron. That's why we named our kids Cameron. I've been turning over like a new creative project in my head, and it requires me to first come up with like a lot of people's names. Mm. And what I'm finding is that I, I have a much more enjoyable time naming female characters than male characters. Okay. And I don't know why that is, but I just like have this like I find all boys' names awful. Kind of, yeah. You can you can find a reason for any of those names to be a douchebag. Maybe that's it. I Maybe think I, that's what it I is. remember. A guy named that. Yeah, you can yeah. always. Yeah, that, that's that's where my head goes to. Um, speaking of of creating uh, uh, movies, I came up with a, a quick plot this morning. Okay. Sometimes we, sometimes we as friends, uh, me and Brent and Katie, who are getting married this weekend. Um, we'll create like little Hallmark kind of like movie titles like that are very like kind of punny. Love it. But I came up with one this morning that was not like a Christmas related movie or anything. And it's, I know you are, but what am AI? <laughs> and this, <laughs> okay. And this, I'm hooked. And this movie is about a sentient robot who, uh, falls in love with his creator as he's learning from him. That's so sweet. So it's a little bit like her. It's a little bit like her, but I think there's a way that you can make it like a comedy. No, so what I think it is is a boy genius story. So like, I know you are, but what am I is a is a junior high phrase, right? Yeah. And so, or I, even like an elementary school phrase. Yeah, probably. So yeah. like, I think this is a kid inventor story. I know you are, but what am AI? So it's a kid inventing it. Sure. 
And so helps him kind of discover his own like like social value. And- right. But I, I think that the big the big point of it is also kind of the struggle with identity. Like I know you are. Mm-hmm. Like I know you're you're it, mm-hmm. but what am AI? So it's Pinocchio. Yeah, a little bit. It's it's part that, part him having these real feelings, him being the sentient being, and part his uh creator also like trying to teach him these things but not really understanding that the robot it's funny to me that you positioned this as as akin to a hallmark movie and then you explained to me but it's going to be like an existential movie but also a comedy which are like two difficult things to achieve yes you're right i guess i guess i wouldn't i wouldn't say that it's an existential comedy as much there is that mm-hmm. there's it, it that that <laughs> i'm sorry i don't mean to to put labels on your art that's fine yeah that theme exists but <laughs> but i think by and large we're gonna get through we're gonna we're gonna get to that through comedy okay all right mm-hmm. have you written the jokes yet no of course not i literally like we come up with the titles before we do anything else and good start. can i let you know something yes we never do anything else <laughs> you should try it it would be kind of funny. Yeah. I know you I know you are, but what am AI? It's such a mouthful. I know. But it, it's you imagine okay. a movie being called that. Well, it's not any more of a mouthful than to all the boys I've loved before. It would Yeah, you're right. I kind of like a long title actually. Yeah. Yeah. It does it does make you uh it's one of those things where you screw it up enough until you finally get it. Nothing bothers me more than when a movie is just called like incongruous right. just like some like dumb verb yeah january yeah and yeah. the character's name is fucking january right drives me crazy well here's something i was thinking about the other day how crazy it was that this movie's called jerry Maguire. yeah that's what sucks. a weird title you know what it should have been called and i know i'm getting loud here so i'm gonna it's i'm okay. gonna tone it down it's all right you know what it should have been called mission statement oh yeah because there's a couple times where... You know, you, can you see a problem with that, though? Yeah. Can you see, like, a like like a marketing problem with Tom Cruise being in a movie that begins with the word mission? <laughs> mission Impossible, yeah. Mission Statement. Right. It really mission sounds completed. like it's a spinoff where he plays Ethan Hunt, that is who gets married s- too wow. fast. <laughs> you, yeah, you got that so quickly. Uh, Good for you. Well, I thought you were making a Mission Impossible joke. That's, no. That's why. <laughs> no, okay, but now I'm, now I'm curious. So he insists it's a mission statement. They keep calling it a memo. A memo. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm going to turn that they, over in my head. Do they call it a memo or do they call it like... I think they call it a memo. I got your memo. It's a mission yeah. statement. Yeah. I'm going to think about that for a while. I mean, it's one of the more quotable movies ever. I don't know if you want to like pull it from the quotes. No, yeah, you're right. And the, it's weird when a, a title is in the, the movie the whole time. Like Back to the Future. They say the phrase Back to the Future like 38 times. Right. It's crazy. I mean, I think that's an in-joke. No, yeah. I hate when the main character is just the Ted Lasso, for goodness sake. Yeah. Like, that's, at least call it Coach Lasso. Right. Yeah. Yeah, there's nothing. Uh... <laughs> you could even. No, you can't call it Show Me the Money. Jerry Maguire makes more sets than Show Me the Money. But, yeah. But um, weird, weird name. It's yeah, that's not good enough for me now that you mention it. I don't think you'd ever get you'd ever watch a movie that's just the name of the main character. And well, anymore. except it happens all the time. So well, stuff still gets n- named. N- not like super movies. Superhero movie. Well, but like I just said Ted Lasso, like people are we've watched a lot of shows for the show show. Yeah. But I'm talking names. I'm talking movies. Um Ladybird? Yeah, I guess so. But it's like a fun name, mm-hmm. I guess. This movie wasn't called Christine. That's also a thing. Um, I'm going to turn this over in my head because Fast Times at Ridgemont High Say Anything and Almost Famous are good titles. They're great titles. Yeah. Almost Famous especially. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Speaking of uh, Ted Lasso, I'm finally watching season two. Okay. I'm just like three in so far. Mm-hmm. I love what I see so far. Good. Yeah, I, I like it too. I thought that we hit the season finale, but there's still two episodes left. Oh really? I thought it finished this week. So yeah, this this Friday is yeah. the the last one. I thought two. I thought one episode gotcha. back was the last one. Yeah. So I just started to dig in like one a night. I, I've heard mixed messages. I've heard some people say it's kind of a letdown. I think you kind of hinted at that, and other people have said no, no, it's as good as ever. I think what I said was 
I had a certain episode and I was like, ah, are they trying to do, cause remember like I, I've been watching like one week at a time. Mm-hmm. And so you get certain vibes. You're like, ah, oh, are they like going on kind of like this direction? Um, but usually it kind of resolves itself. I love one a night. That's perfect. Yeah. 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 That's great. And I have one more love on the spectrum. Since we last did a podcast, I got completely invested in all of these relationships. Nice. It's really, really great. I heard people talking about it. You know what I do when I watch that show is I talk to the show. Wow. Yeah. That's a rare thing. I'm constantly being like, yeah, Chloe, get it. That's very encouraging of yeah. you. I, um, so how many episodes is it? Uh, well, I, I didn't watch the first season. I watched the second season. And now I think I've spoiled the first season because some of the people are carryovers. Oh, I see. Uh, just six episodes in the second season. Cool. Very digestible. Very lovely. Finished Squid Game. Oh, yeah. Okay. Wasn't good. Oh, like, I'm, I'm really glad to hear you say that because I feel like I'm being gaslit by the world around no, me. No, you're not. It's fine if the show is, like, pulpy and entertaining. That's that's all it is. But, like, it's today. It was announced, like, hey, it's an Emmy contention for next year. It no, qualifies. There's no Freak chance. Off. There's no chance that it ends up winning any Emmys. It is, and, and funny that I mentioned, like, the subtitles last week because yeah. there's all this subtitle controversy about it now. So it's so. mis- uh, 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 translated is yeah. that the idea they, they say that like the meaning of of a lot of it kind of not a lot of it but stuff gets lost it's really lost sure. in translation yeah um in any case it is a stupid ending mm-hmm. the last and you've read the i the know what recap. happens in the end yeah. yeah you do um did you read about his and i guess we can get into spoiler territory a little bit because yeah people that have watched it probably have watched okay it. we'll just talk about it for 60 seconds jump ahead a minute or two if you don't want to hear us talk about the end of squid game yeah basically in the final episode he ends up being the winner yeah like the main guy he like lives like as a homeless person for a year he doesn't touch the money he doesn't like go to his daughter yeah anyways it's revealed who like the person behind all of it is was the brother uh well, the yeah, the brother was the front man, yes. but the old man that he was playing the game with was like the overall like puppeteer. I don't know if I caught that when I read it. It's but so dumb. That is so dumb, it's, and and it so seems like like the obvious twist now yeah. that you mention it. Yeah, he was the puppeteer, and he like got killed, but he was like, I just wanted to have fun, well, and, and like hang out with new people. You know what that is? That's that's just saw done way worse. Yes, and yeah, you're right, and. Um, so anyways, then he goes and gets his haircut and the most <laughs> confounding the most confounding thing after living like a year as kind of like a, a derelict person, um, he gets a haircut and buys a suit and he gets his hair like he's looking at the mirror and there's these like pictures of people with, with dyed color hair and he like points at the one with like super reddish like hair and he ends up getting his, his hair dyed red okay and then the next scene he's just in a suit at the airport going to <laughs> is he gonna go run the game no he's going to to see his daughter who's what in. what does it have to America. do with hair color nothing okay. it's confound like i have no idea why that yeah. existed at all and then he's about to get on the plane um but he gets a call or he he right. he finds a card and he calls it and he and they're like don't do anything crazy definitely don't come back to try to play in the game and he turns around from his daughter like from the plane that leads him to his daughter yeah as if to say i'm going to get to the bottom of squid game which why you've already won and you said your whole your whole like opus on winning was to be a better father well and that kind of suggests that the game is even though it's brutal, it's just so addictive and you love it. But he wasn't happy playing the game. No, his It's whole not like Survivor where you th- got to get back out there it, because of your ego. Totally. His thing was he wanted to like stop it from happening. He wanted those. He didn't want anyone else to be subjected to the game. Like he wants to stop it, but it's dumb. Like how, dumb. Are you, how are you just yeah. get out of there? Good. Okay. Well, that's that's Squid Game. Squid Game, dumb ending. Let's let's really plant our flag in that position because I yeah. in a year's time I want to still feel this way if for some strange reason it gets enough of a push. But I don't think that's going to happen because the Emmys are a year away. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's not going to get any. Uh, New Chappelle. Yeah. When is that out? Yeah, it's out. I figured you had seen it. Came I forgot it about it. I saw a trailer for it last week, but I haven't watched it yet. I only watched like five minutes and then I realized that I kind of wasn't in the right headspace for it. I was on my phone a lot and I was like, I should try this again tomorrow or something. Mm-hmm. So I haven't gone back to it. But like every Dave Chappelle special, 
his name is trending for two days afterward because people are like complaining about something that he said. Right. And maybe it was like a little impolitic, but like it probably was not that bad. Right. Yeah. Huh. No, I haven't watched it yet. I will watch it. It's on the list. You know what I want to talk about, which is to me, uh, one of the more confounding uh, specimens of this week in entertainment was the Saturday Night Live season premiere. Mm, yeah. Which was two things. Yep. The least season premiere of SNL I've ever seen a season premiere be. Sure. And is the lowest rated episode in Saturday Night Live history. That's true. Fewer eyeballs than ever before 47 mm -hmm. years. That's wild. What did you think of the episode? What do you mean? I it, thought it was, it was okay. The least season premiere. There was just less kind of like I mean, normally, normally you get like a bigger, more relevant star than Owen Wilson, frankly. I like yep. the guy, but like it's going to be Tina Fey or something. Last right. year it was Chris Rock. Um, or Dave Chappelle? I, I think, think it was, was Chris Dave Rock. Chappelle, yeah. um, at some point it was Chris Rock. Mm -hmm. um, Good man, Chris. And then there's a bunch of cameos too, mm -hmm. but it's just the cast. And by the way, one of the one of the better uh, cast debuts in this fellow who I don't know his name right oh, now. He had an amazing show. I think probably the best SNL debut I've ever seen. I he, guess he's the star of the show. I guess he does a, an Unreal Trump too. Yeah, I've heard so it. he's just he's just a lock to be a, a star. They hired him to be Biden, which is a shame because that means that Alex Moffat only got to do it once, and he did a great job. He was fine, yeah. yeah. I feel like like this guy's is really refined. Yeah. It's like he's he's coming up with stuff, like he's creating a Biden impression that yeah. people are gonna do. I think that's probably true. Yeah. And he was like prominent throughout the rest of the show too, not just in that cold open. No, he was in a lot of things. Jen and yeah. I were talking about how we really liked him and he was like taking the lead i liked him a lot i thought overall the show was good i thought that if it was like it was mid-season we mm -hmm. would be talking about how it was like a really surprisingly great episode yeah um i was a little surprised that there was no via senor owen wilson impression yeah like almost to the point where i'm like did he did he know this? this or maybe she just didn't want to do it but maybe it's just like it's kind of one of her like top tricks yeah yeah and he did a cars four sketch it's not like he's too proud but it's it kinda, true i kind of had like i kind of wondered if he vetoed it um but like Luke Wilson was the celebrity cameo. Right. And that's odd. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um thought it was uh thought it was good. Thought that car skit was pretty funny. Yeah, me too. And I also thought that that stool sample skit was really funny. And she's good too. That, and I like that it was person. like Andrew Dismukes and that new girl. Maybe this is the year Dismukes kind of soars a little bit because he was in a lot of stuff last year, but usually as like the flunky. He was not the star of anything last year. I think there's reason behind not having cameos. Yeah. I think people were really starting to dislike the fact that celebrities were in, they were taking up space that yeah. the cast could be For doing. For like five years. Yeah. For so long. And so I think the whole kind of vibe was like, let's just do it in house. Okay, but the solution to that doesn't have to be 18 cast members. Yeah, it's a big cast. It's a huge cast. It's a big cast and like, was Bo and Yang in anything? Uh, I think we saw him, but not prominently. I think McKinnon wasn't even in the building. Yeah, interesting. Weird. Yeah. There's a number of people. Do we ever see Keenan Thompson at the end? I was thinking about that yeah, today. I can picture him out there. Yeah. Okay. I love the good nights. They make me so happy. Yeah. And Pete did a nice little uh, uh, thing for Norm Macdonald. Yes. Why wasn't Colin Jost wearing a uh, mask at the end? I mean, I didn't. I didn't notice that. But the ma wearing the masks in the Good Nights is just a freaking strange. Well, but the the fact that they wear masks in the in the Good Nights to me is is fake anyway. Yeah. Like they're all like like making out with each other during the show. Right. <laughs> what difference does it make? They're hugging. I know. I don't know either. Hmm. I just found it weird. Yeah, I found it weird because people didn't even have to wear the masks at the Good Nights last year. This is something I've I've noticed in consuming a lot of American entertainment. Uh, like culturally, Americans seem to have found more peace of mind in the vaccine than Canadians do, or like, at least the people in my life. Mm. Like, I'm glad I have the vaccine. I'm I know intellectually that it's fortifying me and keeping me safe. Yeah, but. I mean, I watch these talk shows and like these celebrities are hugging each other all the time. Right. I'm not giving out hugs to just anyone. Yeah. You got to earn it. Yeah. And even then, normally I'm like, whoa, back up. Yeah. Don't get in my zone. That's right. Okay. Well, 
<laughs> that's SNL. And that's SNL. Hey, they got the Zodiac Killer. He died three years ago. So they said it was Gary. Was this the one that the, that we pointed to in Zodiac? No. It's not? No, it, that's that's the whole thing about Zodiac. But about this revelation is that it's incredibly anticlimactic. It's just some guy you've never heard of before. No way. He was not he was not interviewed by anyone. No. And they're positive that it's him. I mean, yeah, they're pretty positive. They used the same uh, DNA methods that they used to get the Golden State Killer. Okay. And I think they also were able to figure out who D.B. Cooper was. Like th- this this little like um, uh, uh, troop <laughs> of like retired investigators in the States. Like yeah. they, they do good work, but... Evidently, the big things are matching scars on his head okay. to like the classic Golden State, no, not Golden State, uh, Zodiac, Zodiac, like police sketch. Um, and they were able to pull uh, like spit DNA from envelopes. And and apparently it was like the anagrams could be solved based on like his name, but you'd have to know his full name and like no one would have. Well, this is this is so funny because for some reason, like notorious killers are always referred to by their middle name. We're always get like Mark David Chapman. Right. Uh, John Wilkes Booth. Like these people always have middle names. And that guy you're talking to from the general store in Zodiac, he also, Arthur Lee Allen, I think is his name. Right. Like we, we give these people three names, but the lore around the Zodiac might be partly why we do that because the cipher does seem to suggest that he goes by three names. Right. Okay. And this guy does to me, what I find most interesting about the story in hindsight is that, um, there's this woman who grew up next door to him Yeah. and she was babysat by him and his wife and she was taught to shoot guns by this guy. Okay. And, um, I guess her brothers kind of saw him as a sort of surrogate father figure and that, they were aware of some like domestic stuff and that he was weird and he would say creepy stuff and he had friends who were also creepy. And I guess just like a couple years ago, it hit her like a bolt of lightning and she was like, Gary was the Zodiac killer. Oh my God. And it helped in the investigation. And they're like, you're right. He was the Zodiac killer. This is incredible. Yeah. But he died three years ago, which is so, it sucks because he died. He won. Yeah. Yep. And the, the crazy thing is like, imagine making a movie zodiac and ending it with like all signs point to arthur lee allen or whatever his name is and it it even like has like an exclamation point on that there's like there's one other thing (laughs) i was pretty convinced it was arthur lee allen and it might be multiple people like copycats or whatever but like the thing that was compelling about arthur lee allen is that number one um the dude who was shot in the face at like lover's lane or whatever and survived yeah like 20 years later saw him in a police lineup and was like that's the guy that's the guy and so they knew him and then the fbi calls him up they set up a meeting with him and um before the meeting can happen like a few days later he dies of a heart attack right and so to me it's just like oh that's zodiac yeah and maybe he was too but no they're pretty sure it's this guy gary (laughs) care bear man this is crazy yeah kind of exciting it makes me like not want to watch Zodiac anymore, though. Would you just like throw it on? No, I I wouldn't. But it actually is kind of like a, a rewatchable. Well, it kind of is. And and does it is it a character drama? Like, are the people in Zodiac interesting? Do they have their own lives? Like, Jake Gyllenhaal kind of has like a personality in it. Yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal and Robert Downey Jr. and Mark Ruffalo are crazy in it. I know they're like charismatic performers, but like, yeah. is the heart of the movie what is the answer to this mystery, or is the heart of the movie these guys are interesting and this is their job. I think it's these guys are interesting and here's what happens when you become obsessed with something okay. and you're like maybe not even mentally well anymore because of a, maybe because of fixation. It's a real theme in David Fincher movies, isn't it? Yeah. Fight Club, Social Network. Yep. Speaking of Social Network, Whoa. the other big scandal this week was the big social media outage. Right. Facebook went down. Instagram went down. Yeah. Twitter was firing off barbs. How much do you think that claps uh, Facebook hated having to tweet an acknowledgement of their issues? So like they have oh, to. I didn't know that. Well, yeah, they had to be like, hey, we're experiencing technical difficulties. It's not just you. We're working on it as quickly as possible. But in order to broadcast that, they have to tweet it. That's so funny. I didn't yeah. even know that Facebook had Twitter. Oh, yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Love that. And then the next day they're like, listen, there was no malicious intent. I'm like, I wasn't thinking there was. Now I am. Yeah. What happened? (laughs) 
Uh, I don't know. Some jargon. Something to do with routers. <laughs> something overheated. Lines got crossed. Yeah. Somebody picked up the phone while they were using the dial-up. That's right. <laughs> it was nice. I think every Monday should be Facebook free. It's true. Although I just convinced myself that uh, something was wrong because I, I didn't do a Google on anything. Mm. So I was just like, oh my God, I got to update these apps. So I was trying to update the apps and it was weird. Yeah. They're going to do a spinoff of uh, Agatha all along. By the looks of things, it's not confirmed yet, but Disney Plus is going to do a Catherine Hahn spinoff. Yeah, I don't... I don't Why? Yeah. Yeah. Meh. Origin story, maybe? I can't find a reason to be super excited about that. No, me neither. She's kind of also at the center of an interesting Sarah Silverman controversy this week. Yeah. We, you heard about this? I did. Yeah, so we talked about how Catherine Hunt's going to play Joan Rivers in like a Lifetime movie. Yeah. Um, and this has actually been a crusade of Sarah's for a little while. She takes umbrage with the instance of what she calls Jew face, mm-hmm. where uh, non-Jewish actors, not so much when they portray Jewish people, but when they portray Jewish people whose like entire persona revolved around their Jewishness. Right. And so another example she gives is uh, non-Jewish Rachel Brosnahan playing the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which mm-hmm. I didn't even know. Right. And that seems egregious. And non-Jewish Tony Shalhoub, I think. And Tony Shalhoub um, ste- yeah. stepped, yeah, he stepped up. Forgive and- me, I would never have guessed Tony Shalhoub wasn't Jewish. Yeah, I, I believe that's, oh, maybe he was, maybe he was backing. Uh, Brosnahan. Backing Brosnahan. Or just the show in general. Yeah, but but he said like, "Forgive me, but I started acting to act as something that I wasn't." And yeah, you know, I, obviously that's that's fair, and that's kind of like the quintessential response to this. Do we people in wheelchairs have to play people in wheelchairs? Conversation, right? Um, but you also can see where Sarah's coming from, considering the 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 stereotypes around Jewish culture in particular in Hollywood. Right. Like there's already like all of these less than flattering ideas about what it is to be Jewish in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. And then also to have their roles taken away from them. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. I did just read about that before coming over again. I was surprised that Catherine Hahn wasn't Jewish, but, and, and, and like, and she's also very clear to like not specifically criticize her, but the system. She's like, I love Catherine Hunt. She'll do a great job. Right. It's, but I do kind of wonder, will this get enough amplification now that like maybe it's not worth uh, going forward with that? I think it could. I just, I think that we're at a stage where canceling, I don't even know how productive it is no anymore. No one's looking to cancel Catherine Hunt. No, no, of course But they not. could reposition this this show they're making. Yeah, they sure could. Yeah. And they probably, uh, who knows if they will. I guess we'll see. But it's part of a conversation we've been having for a while. Mm-hmm. It just happens to be a new uh, ex- extension of it. It's 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 not like it's an all new concept, this like Jew face thing. No. I mean, imagine what they'd say about Mulaney. That's a good point. That's, oh, that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I feel like I heard Andy Samberg do an interview and he was talking about how funny it was, but he said that like Yorma came back from watching it and he was like, and he's like, oh, hello on Broadway. Yeah. Yeah. And he was like, I think he's like, I don't know if like we can for sure say that Mulaney is doing Jew face. Yeah. I think he might've called it Jew face. Right. I I I mean I'll be honest. I did a, like a modest version of that in high school. We did cabaret, and right. I I played. I mean, like many of the characters, overtly, it's important to their story that they're Jewish. And like I'm playing like this old guy, and they had me doing a voice, and I didn't know any better. <laughs> and and God, you know, you better be better be happy that Sarah Silverman wasn't there. That's she might have been. Maybe that was the start of the issue. Right. <laughs> yeah. You were the the tipping point. It's not Hollywood. It's like high schools in Dartmouth. Right. That's when I knew it was a serious issue. (laughs) Mr. Corman got canceled. I just kind of thought with the pedigree, whether people liked it or not, Mm -hmm. it would be entitled to a season two just because he's such a big star. Yeah, I saw that that get posted. It was, man, even when I got to the stage where I think it was supposed to be like kind of uplifting, it turned into kind of like a musical thing with his mom. Yeah. It was like super sentimental. And I was like, I am just not into this. Too hit recordy. In the end. Yeah, I think so. I, Unfortunately. I like JGL 
he's not really having the career that I foresaw for him, though, is he? No, and I think it's because he's, uh, I think he's totally in control of it. Maybe that's it. But like Inception, Batman, yeah. like he, and even like some comedies, like 50-50 was totally. a really good movie. Yep. Uh, he's very the diverse. Night before. Uh, the night before, uh, I mean, then uh, obviously 500 Days of Summer. Like he was very present for a time yep. a number of years ago. Uh, and I'm sure he has all the money he'll ever need. But I kind of saw him being in the same conversation as your Robert Pattinson's and your Jonah Hill's and like like the biggest of the biggest in his generation. And yeah. he's kind of just taken a back seat. And yeah. then this show, which is his baby, was kind of a flop. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I wonder if he'll... Uh kind of go back to trying to get big roles or if he'll just kind of try to stay in his lane of creation. He was in Trial of the Chicago 7 last year, I guess. He was, yeah. yeah. He was in a couple of things, I guess. Uh, maybe he's taking the Elijah Wood route and just kind of, or Daniel Radcliffe, just like doing what he wants. Right. Did you listen to Elijah Wood on Armchair? Yeah. It was pretty good. Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I find myself listening to that freaking podcast almost every time because the guests are good. Right. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And you know... You almost know exactly where the interview is going. It's rarely shocking. Although David Sedaris today was good. Oh, was it? Just because it's like, he's so good. My, as you know, my problem's not even with Dax, who like does a good job of what he's doing. Um, it's, just, it's just the whole oeuvre. Seth Rogen has a podcast now. Ellen Pompeo has a podcast. You hear about this Denzel Washington thing? Uh, yeah. So I heard she talked about it. That came out on her podcast, right. which she doesn't need. Brie Larson has a podcast. Most of the people that are on... Dax Shepard's podcast at this point are on because they have a podcast. Yeah. It's awkward. I know. It's a whole lot. It's a whole lot. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I wanted to mention about David Sedaris, the last time I listened to him on Armchair Expert, uh, Dax Shepard ended it with like, oh, and my wife wanted me to tell you that she wants to be your best friend or something. And he was like, okay. <laughs> it ended really awkward. It kind of ends like that again. Really? Yeah, like Dax is like really trying to be friends with David Sedaris. He's like setting up that they should like go for walks together. And he's like... No, he's not shutting know. it down. He seems game. He okay. actually seems like a sweetheart. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I saw David Sedaris on my birthday one year when he came here. Nice. That was my birthday. Did you get like day. a book sign or anything? I was too nervous. Yeah. I didn't want to go like... Because I, I get awkward and I wouldn't know what to say. Mm -hmm. I think that it, that's actually his bread and butter. Mm -hmm. He talks all the time about the fun interactions he has when he's right. signing books but i would feel too much like pressure from that and so yeah becky insisted no you should go meet him but i i, I wanted to get out of there how but i had a lovely time how awesome would it be such a power move if you went up to him and rather than getting him to sign one of his books you got him to sign your book <laughs> yeah that would be that would be lame as shit i'm sure people do that i people, bet they people do. do that to successful writers for sure yeah wow that's incredibly so strange. so cringy yeah yeah horrible uh foundation got renewed for season two saw that yeah. i think it's deserving it's getting to the point now where i can't tell you anything anymore you're well, doing too much research for the podcast oh you're right yeah you're supposed to be catching me more by surprise um <laughs> foundation deserves to be there's a lot of depth there. It would be a shame, honestly, yeah. if they didn't get a second chance considering the investment so far. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of what like maybe Dune is trying to to do. Or maybe they're kind of trying to be like what Dune is. That's a great point. Because that trailer has been out for so long. A new trailer came out today, though. Yeah. See, the, I feel like so many people about Dune, which is that I want to like it. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen it. And nope. so I don't know that I won't. But... I, I, I definitely want to be like part of the Dune thing, mm -hmm. but I can already tell that it seems like it's going to go over my head. Like they're, they've, they're actively calling it the next Star Wars, the next Lord of the Rings in the trailer. Wow. Yeah. And in the trailer, that's what it says in the trailer, oh the God. next Star Wars, the next Lord of the Rings. And those are both so charming, right? Yeah. Not just like splashy and exciting and visually stimulating. They're so funny. Yeah. And, and, and. I don't see any laughs in Dune. It's got great actors. It's going to be a very big visual experience, mm -hmm. but uh, but I don't know. No, it's it's Denis Villeneuve, or if I've pronounced that correctly. If you watched uh, Blade Runner, mm. it's not a barrel of laughs. Nope. It's like kind of a dystopian future. Not just well, yeah, kind of dystopian. Oh yeah, spacey. Yeah. 
But you're still watching Foundation? Did you see them all? Still watching Foundation, yeah. yeah. Fully caught up. You've watched a lot of stuff. <laughs> I've watched a lot. Well, I was sick for like all of September sure, too. Let's that's not true. forget. I'm a couple of Survivors in. The new season of Survivor at oh, long yeah. last. Nice. You know what? It's still good. Yeah. It's kind of in my DNA to watch Survivor. Yeah, it's got it's got the recipe for, for what you want. Uh, also watched um, The Guilty. On this, is, you you might like this. It's a okay. bit like a like a play. Okay. In the sense that it's essentially uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. And, oh, okay. Where he's the nine one one operator. Yeah, it's a movie though, right? It's a movie. Okay. Yep. Um, but it's it's all kind of self contained. It's one yep. of those kind of movies. I didn't hate it. I'm curious. I thought about it that. was. I thought it was cool. I I like that it kept my attention. Jen didn't love it, but. Um, I thought it was like an interesting. He's not doing Nightcrawler again, is he? Where he's like lonely and secretly nope. has all kinds of darkness. Uh, n- no, I don't think so. Okay, no, I didn't see Nightcrawler. I didn't either, but I've read <laughs> I've read the synopsis. Oh yeah, because that's the thing I do now. Apparently, that sounds awful. No, yeah. if if anything, he's like a little bit more like uh, angry. Okay, yeah. he was on Stern this week. He was promoting it. Okay, he's a cool guy. Is he? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. He's a cool interview. Well, the thing about, about Jake Gyllenhaal that must be like a real pain in the ass for him right now is the Taylor Swift of it all. And look, I mean... He was with Taylor Swift or he is with Taylor he Swift? He was. We... Okay. we uh, No, his current girlfriend is much younger than Taylor Swift. Uh, wow. I, we both know I'm a big Taylor Swift fan, um, but there, there are lots of examples of this in popular culture. Taylor Swift fans in general are a huge pain in the ass. And this fall, I think next month, red taylor's version comes out um which was i i think probably for my money her her best record or at least the one that i had the most uh time with mm-hmm. uh it's her fall record right and on that record something really interesting about taylor swift fans is that you know she's written like 200 songs or something she has so much content and i would say the top 99 percent of taylor swift stands agree that the best song she ever wrote is called all too well and it was not even a single and it's on Red. And so people are especially excited for Red Taylor's version because of All Too Well, which uh, allegedly is going to be a 10-minute version on this new re-release. People are very excited about the extra long All Too Well. And it's also pretty easy to ascertain that that song was largely inspired by her brief relationship with Jake Gyllenhaal. And so anytime Jake Gyllenhaal is, is tweeted about or whatever, comment sections just flooded with, taylor swift people talking about all too well and that must be so irritating for frankly both of them yeah because it was so long ago yeah and it's a good song but like he's not afraid to get canceled because he broke a girl's heart 10 years ago right that's not a thing that exists and we're starting to conflate things mm-hmm. yeah yeah for what he did to taylor mm-hmm. i'm sorry i just listened to myself go on that diatribe and it was incredibly boring no that i thought it was good yeah um that's central unfortunately to the current Jake Gyllenhaal conversation. Is there much other conversation happening with Jake Gyllenhaal right now? Is he due for any other stuff? No. He's not... He is like an A-lister, but he hasn't been in that many... uh... Kind of, again, kind of isn't exactly what I saw for him. Mm. But he was in a Spider-Man movie. He was. But, like, I kind of forgot about that. It wasn't a great movie. No. It was okay. Mm. Yeah. I mean, he's getting a superhero movie, I suppose. Want to talk about shows? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, I think it's my turn to go first. Uh, which of these shows do I want to recap? Um, okay, I guess I'll recap the premise. Let's get that one out of the way. Sure. Um, so this is BJ Novak's new anthology show. Every episode has different cast, different story, different world. Mm-hmm. Um, Mainly on Earth. I mean, I guess so. I only watched the first one. Mm. Um, and I guess that's all I need to say to set it up. I think so. He's not in it, but the people in it are famous people. And is it supposed to be like, uh, do they say like comedy meets Black Mirror? Is that sort of the idea? Yeah, I guess. He introduces it a la Twilight Zone, in fact. Right. Like BJ Nova comes on screen and he's like, I'm excited for you to see my new show. I guess it's like Black Mirror in that it's, it seems to be very of the moment mm-hmm. intentionally. Yeah. Um, And it's, yeah, it's comedy. It's satire. And so thus you have to suspend disbelief a whole lot. Right. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. I'm going to start the recording. You're going to recap the premise in three, two, one. Go. 
The premise is, what if a social justice warrior had to fight for uh, uh, social justice at the expense of his own uh, reputation? So Ben Platt um, has evidence that this black person who has been accused of uh, assaulting a police officer, he has evidence that this guy is innocent, but because it's in the background of a sex tape that he shot. And if he puts the sex tape out there, he's going to be very embarrassed because it's embarrassing. And ultimately, he realizes that it doesn't matter and we should just do what's right for people. And the guy gets off. Yes. An oversimplification of what happens because what actually is going on is he is getting completely railroaded by the legal system. Right. The whole thing kind of becomes about the sex tape. Well, yes. And and as I found, I found myself writing out that as a, like a charge against the show and then I realized that that's the point of the satire. I, I was like, it's so silly that he's on trial when he really should just be there as a representative of one piece of evidence. Totally. But for some reason... That's why it's funny. They're talking so much about this sex tape as if disproving the sex tape is all they need to disprove this other guy's innocence. And then I realized, oh, that's the point. He's the white guy. Without right. the white guy's testimony, the black guy has nothing. Right. And that's what they're getting at. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I actually thought it was pretty funny. I thought it was really actually quite funny, if absurd. Right. But it, it's supposed to be. Like, legally, I'm sure, prosecutorially, it's yeah. not going to hold up at all. No, I, I, but I was laughing. Yes, me it too. It was almost like a fever dream of like, it was, yeah, sort of like a Twilight Zone. And it's all summed up in the end. He's exhausted from... This having been ultimately a success, but his reputation is just shattered and he doesn't get a thank you from the guy who gives his no. like press interview. And he's like, he's just so beaten down by this experience, which otherwise went pretty well for everyone else. Right. Um, and, and he I, says to his lawyer, uh, you told me I'd be a hero. And she says, I didn't say you'd look like one. <laughs> and, that, line. and that is a great line. And that great is exactly line. the issue with the character right. is that he's really just saying all these woke things to uphold an heir and it's not really about right. the cause he's trying he's trying to look like a hero and in the end he doesn't the one thing that makes him is a hero is the thing that doesn't make him look like a hero at all they also pretty graphically show us a lot of the video <laughs> a lot of ben platt and the idea is that he's like embarrassing when he's having sex like he does this weird like arm thing yeah and like deezus and miro or it leaks out and, they're like, all Deezus making fun and of miro him are making fun of him and... for like the first half of it i was like is this the most embarrassing thing that could get out there? Like, definitely embarrassing. Like, it would probably follow you. But on the other hand, like, he's, like, with a hot girl in it. Like, they're... Right. He's, he to does, to he, the point where they accuse him of making a deep fake. Yes. Because it's which, also in a file on his phone called Unreal. That part was absurd to me. Yeah. That was insane. Uh, but then they get the the girl, and she verifies that it's, that it's real. But then they also bring back all his other girlfriends, <laughs> and they all have the same comments about what kind of a lay he is <laughs> and him calling them his slam piece his slam it's awful it's yeah. and they there's lots of comments about how he has a very unusual scrotum and they yeah. get his doctor to verify that that is in fact the, the scrotum in the video is in fact his scrotum right. um all of that said i mean like it is it is pretty funny i'm curious to see more of these yeah how do we feel about bj novak in general i don't know um i'm really not sure I feel like I've only kind of like heard, not even heard things, mm. almost kind of surmised things myself about the character of BJ Novak. And ultimately, I think he's probably fine. Well, he has a he has a bit of that like Harvard quality, well, right? There, That's a little unflattering. There's a little bit of like, I think they wrote some truth into what bj novak's character like became in the office oh yeah when he's well, like well in fact this character ethan that ben platt plays is very ryan howardy right right and remember when, when ryan howard when um when uh smoky robinson dies and he can't name any smoky robinson songs but he's like heartbroken yeah <laughs> and then uh when when uh, pam comes for uh criticism on like her comic yeah, he's like, I don't know if like the story would line up like this and then go to that. And she's like, uh, well, okay, well, like I just kind of wanted to know your thoughts. I didn't really want your crit. And he's like, did you want praise or did you want to know the truth? <laughs> it's also a little derivative of a comic <laughs> called Bear Guy. <laughs> right, yeah. A Russian comic. Or yeah. 
Yeah. No, I like him. I heard him on Fresh Air last week. He was promoting this, and he came off really good. Yeah. He's had an interesting life. His father was a a, a biographical ghostwriter. Okay. So his dad would like shadow these incredibly famous people, and so this got like young B.J. Novak in rooms with fabulously interesting people. One of them was Michael Jackson. And so he's like, nothing weird happened other than that. Like I was for an afternoon for an afternoon. I was like friends with Michael Jackson because he was friends with little boys. And we like played games. Whoa. Yeah. That's outrageous. Mm -hmm. That's a cool story. It is. It's interesting. I am. I did read his like Reddit AMA and I'm always looking for like, okay, is he going to say any douchey things? Yeah. He didn't really seem like he did. He's just got like an interesting career. Like he was what, like one of the head writers of The Office. He recurs in that show. Actually talking about the ending of The Office on Fresh Air, he like cried. He cried on, on Fresh Air. Jeez. Um, so that was actually quite humanizing. Uh, but then he wrote a book of essays. He wrote a kid's book called The Book With No Pictures. He's weirdly in Inglorious Bastards and Saving yeah, Mr. Banks. Right. And then like other than that, kind of not around that much. No. And his current, uh, his current flame, this is a little weird. Uh, so he's 45 uh, and he's been dating Kiernan Shipka, Sally Draper. So when he was on, oh, so when whoa. he was on the office, she was a baby on Mad Yeah, Man. she was like four. Yeah. Oh. Which is funny because that is something Ryan Howard would do and it's something teenage Sally Draper would do. But in real life, they shouldn't. He didn't comment <clears throat> on that, did he? No. <laughs> he wasn't asked that on Fresh Air? No. Or with Howard Stern? No, that he wasn't on Howard Stern. I don't think Stern. he was on Howard Stern. Okay. Anyway, I, I, I kind of do give this show my ass, actually. Yeah, it was better than I thought. I, I haven't heard many people talk about it, but no. sure, I give that my ass. No. The one thing I don't give my ass is how difficult it is to find on anything. It, it, it's a H, it's not HBO. No, no it's, it's a Hulu thing. It's FX, Hulu on FX. Right. So <laughs> like, you can't find it on Crave, even though Crave has FX. Crave. You can't find it on the Plus, even though the Plus has a lot of Hulu. Yeah. Like it got a little easier to get Hulu stuff in Canada in the last year, but not 100% easier. No. Stuff still eludes. Yeah. Yeah. In 2021, damn it. Anyways, that's that's just my gripe with All it. All right. Why don't you recap the, uh, the first episode of Midnight Mass, which is yes. the new horror drama on Netflix uh, from the creators of The Haunting of Hill House and Bly uh-huh. Manor and the director of Dr. Sleep. And this, he really seems to be in his pocket with this mm-hmm. thing. Uh, you recap the first episode of that in three, two, one, go. Uh, Crockett is kind of a, a discreet island on the, you want to say East Coast. Um, that's kind of a diminishing town. Uh, a gentleman, the main character, comes back from uh, prison from a DUI sentence. The town's kind of much the same, but but dwindling. A big factor of the town is church. The uh, Monsignor, as they call him, basically the priest, is gone, comes back, uh, or doesn't come back. Uh, a, a young priest kind of uh, replaces him, and there seems to be some sort of a strange uh, cat thing. occurrences. Yeah, um, yeah, that's that right. Coming up, they have a, a monsignor who just like disappears, and it seems like suspicious that he's not around and, because at one point the guy thinks he sees the guy standing out on a beach and he goes right. out to chase him in the middle of yeah. the storm and then the guy runs away. I've watched several episodes. Okay. So this is like Haunting of Hill House. It's like essentially it the third season of Haunting of Hill House. Yeah. In a completely different place. It's just not in a haunted house. It's a haunted town. A lot of the same people. Yeah. Um, it's fucking great. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you feel that way because I didn't actually think it was great in the first it, episode. It's so good. Okay. Like I'm, I'm probably, it was hard for me to, to recap because I've seen like sure. four or five episodes to this point. And I think it's, I think it's going to end up being one of the stronger seasons of it. Okay. And I think it's because it's not really confined to the house. Yeah. It's definitely a different vibe. Yeah. I do like the town, the design yeah. of the town being this completely dead fishing village on an island, which makes it especially weird. But it almost kind of reminds you of, uh, was it third day that that uh, show with Jude Law does remind me of that kind of similar yeah yeah definitely and so they have this charismatic new young priest Mm -hmm. who seems like I mean he doesn't seem like a good guy you know right away something's weird about this guy but like you can see why they would like him Mm -hmm. um and the who's the main guy's name he's I don't know Saranson from Friday Night Lights and I I find him I think he's my issue with the show actually I think he's very charmless yeah 
yeah, I think the, he plays a very straight character. Like, like I said to Jen, like there was a, a couple scenes where like someone says something very heartfelt to him. And rather than being like, I, I, I am flattered. I, I appreciate mm. you saying that or whatever. He just goes like, good night, sweets. Yeah. And you're like, why are you ending it? I said, why are you so cold? If I ended a conversation that way after someone said something so deep to me, yeah. it would haunt my dreams. So he's like a pretty broken guy. And mm. he's not just in jail at the beginning because of a DUI. He killed that girl. He killed a girl. So he and was he's like haunted by that girl. Absolutely. And so that's the opening scene. It's like the very opening shot of the series is there's a dead girl lying in the street. And he's, he's like, is she okay? They're trying to resuscitate her. And he's sitting on the curb and he's saying Hail Marys or something. Right. So, like, this illustrates right away this guy is mega religious and one of the emts says to him because he hears him talking to god um he's like can you ask him why um it's always the why, why he always takes it's always the, the kids he always die he always and... takes the girl and never the drunk fuck yeah so yeah. like that's kind of tells you the story he's in jail that's like a brief and then they they cut to the island pleads guilty like he's, and he's uh, just very and he comes back from from jail and he kind of doesn't want anything to do with church his dad makes him go but he doesn't accept the sacrament yeah. big sobriety uh <clears throat> story in there too which you okay. don't get into in the first episode and then there's a storm as i mentioned and he thinks he sees the monsignor out on the beach and then the morning after the storm there's this squid game of dead cats along the beach hundreds thousands of dead cats right. all over and we've already seen that there's like a weird a haunted cat thing in the woods because there's this like b plot with some teenagers who take their bikes up to the woods mm -hmm. and there's some cats take a boat there. out to like an island oh okay yeah it's just off that they call the uppers right yeah yeah the cat thing made me sad i like cats <laughs> really that disturbed you a lot of stuff disturbed me like mm -hmm. the the flashes of the dead girl on the street were, yeah that was gruesome and 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 in that there's a couple episodes where it actually does the like <laughs> yeah and you're oh god yeah jen Jen always covers their eyes. At I think point. that uh, cinematic sounds will trigger me as much as any kind mm -hmm. of visuals. And this is a very, uh, it's a very audio focused program. Yeah. It's, um, I like that they're using the same cast. Like you, you realize that um, the father in it is Elliot from E.T. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. Like he's, uh, how would I ever know that? Well, he's the same guy. Who, so, so Haunting of Hill House season two, he uh, plays like a British kind of like, uh, kind of like a straight-laced kind of caretaker. Okay. I think. Anyways, so it was only because of that that I realized that he was clearly back for another That's season. cool. Yeah. And he's like big into Neil Diamond. Yeah. There's Neil Diamond all throughout the pilot. Yeah. And all good songs, not obvious songs. No, and, and it's that kind of remains a fact. And it makes me like the show more. Yes, no, like, I like that too. what a weird focus. In general, the sound design was like of a high caliber. Yeah. Well, oh, one of the great auditions. You've seen him uh, get the part. Of Elliot, right? I think I have. Yeah. Yeah. He's like mid-tears and you just hear... And they're like, okay, kid, you got the part. Okay, okay kid, you got the part. Yeah. yeah. And he just immediately gets smiley and stuff. Yeah. It's really terrific. Um, I I was struck by the idea of the town having only 127 people in it and all I could think, because they mentioned that and then they cut to him like walking down the street and there's people everywhere and I'm like, it would be so exhausting to live in a town of 127 people. Oh my God. Because you would know everybody. It would be impossible not to know literally everybody's name. Yep. And you'd feel rude if you didn't say hello to every single person you passed. Yep. And everyone's kind of nosy. <clears throat> and they get they get into that a lot too. And like, you know, if you haven't left the island, does it mean you're, you haven't kind of made it? And then there's also like kind of the homers that are like, why wouldn't you stay like and create a life here? So here's the thing that jumped out to me about the superstition of it. There's this really old like grandma uh -huh. um, who's like, the idea is that she's kind of loopy yep. and uh, she's very old. <clears throat> she looks to me to be made up to look old. Yes. And Becky thinks that she's the same woman as like the church hand, the Karen who works at the church. Oh, interesting. I don't think she's kind of onto something. Oh, okay. But I well, I, I I definitely think that she's made up to look old, but that that is also mirrored in all of the pictures of the Monsignor. Mm -hmm. Just look like the same guy to me, but he's younger now. Right. Okay, so that's part of the superstition of the show. That's that that all plays into it <clears throat> as well. Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah. Now now we're giving I'm giving stuff away here. Yeah. No, I don't think you're giving too much away. Okay. Um, that's all, really all I have to say. 
there's like a long communion scene and Becky and I recited the whole communion. I did that too. Yeah. And it freaked Jen out yeah. so bad. She was like, stop it. Oh my God. What are you doing? The blood of the new and everlasting covenant. covenant. Yeah. Yeah. yeah cool. I know it's weird. This stuff just lives inside of yeah, you. And, and yeah. And when you start saying it, I was like, oh my God, that would seem so freaky. It's horrifying. I just started reciting a prayer. Those are horrifying words. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's right. Take this all of you and eat it. So you give it your S. Uh, yeah, totally. I don't think I do. No. No, it, just because it's so not for me. And I actually thought some of the writing was a little stiff. But I think the production design is good. I think I think the writing is is to get you to where the story needs to go. It's sure. And it's obviously in a pilot. It's They didn't have to worry about it. No. Like, they, they know that they can clear it up and that, you know, the, the haunted hill heads yeah. are going to going to follow along well and the casting of it is interesting because this guy from friday night lights who's yeah. the star he's always been around is his I, name riley in friday friday night lights because i wanted to no, call him riley in the show matt Sorensen in friday okay. night lights gotcha. um i i to, to me he doesn't work at all but like the guy that got playing the priest who's an actor named hamish Linklater. oh he's who, so good he's so uh magnetic. he's so good in everything absolutely he was in legion Amazing Legion. In that. He was in the old, uh, the new adventures of old Christine. Oh, I th- really? I think he's in uh, the MCU in some kind of ancillary role. Was he in like the newsroom for something? Like I could see yes. him being in. I think he was, he was in, the, in newsroom. the newsroom. Now nice. that you mention it, um, just for, like a really good charismatic actor, he's great for that part. Yeah. And so some of them are really good. I'm more interested now that you say Elliot is the dad because I, I kind of found the dad to be a little ridiculous. Yeah. And the mom too, actually. Actually, I think the mom is worse. Yeah. She's just like such a type. Yeah, they're both made up to look a little bit older too. Like they're they're really putting in work to like use yeah. the same actors, but there's also, uh, yeah, kind of an out like a fountain of youth element. I think that's gonna work. It's one I of the show. I got that. That's yeah. kind of. And do you say? Would you say that it remains quite scary? Because one thing I remember, it does. It does for okay, because sure a, a a common. A common comment I heard about Hill House was that actually, once you get used to the ghostiness of it, this is really just a family drama and it's not a horror show at all. Yeah. I think people are actually actively saying that Midnight Mass is quite a bit more terrifying mm. than The Haunting of Hill House. Yeah. For that reason. It I was mean, like... It looks terrifying. Yeah. 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 There's there's some of that, some of that scariness for sure. But there's also... You know that uh, there's a level of of integrity and heart to it. Do you do you like the scary stuff generally? I don't no. think I didn't think so. No, I I started like uh, on a mission a couple of years ago because I never watched scary movies. I kind of started trying to challenge myself mm-hmm. with it to be like, okay, come on, Matt, you're like an adult. Let's just <laughs> let's just like that's okay. Let's just watch Twenty Eight Days Later and see what happens. Yeah, and I was like, oh, this is fine. Right. I feel like a, a movie like Midsummer. Yeah. That like that's kind of where I'm I can't even watch the trailer I, I don't, of Midsommar. Yeah, I don't know that I would I really think that would kind of disturb me. Yeah. But but these other kind of horror movies that have a little more like like fun, mm-hmm. I guess. Even though like twenty eight days later is supposed to be like super dark. Well, it's like I've talked about a lot. I don't I don't really mind ghosts. I don't even really mind monsters. I just don't like gore. Yeah. And the threat of gore. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of gore in the show though. No. No. Well that's good. No, I don't think you I don't think you'd be bothered on a gore level. Yeah. For the show. Nobody talks about that show Them that we did on the podcast a little while back. Remember how scary that was? Yeah. That was scary. Yeah. And you kind of felt like it was like of a moment that it would it would take off more. It kinda of got buried. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Who was behind that? Wasn't there like a big name? I think so too, but it's just, we moved on from it so quickly that I don't remember anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I give it my S. You don't give it your S. No, I'm going to skip it, okay. but but Godspeed. Mm-hmm. Enjoy yourself. Halloween is here. My house is all decorated like Halloween. Yeah. We're in October 7th and you're you're good to go. Yes. We're well, pre-Thanksgiving stuff. Well, Becky grew pumpkins this year. So like the little three little oh, pumpkins on our front step, she grew those. That's gratifying. Yeah. It's nice little pet project mm-hmm. want to hear some poems yeah give me a couple poems hit me with the okay what do we want here do we want uh do we want sweet do we want totally weird do we want uh i'm gonna let you decide um this one's quick it's called amazon sean 
<laughs> You're playing to the crowd and you know it. Amazon Sean with his little hat on pulls up and <laughs> pulls up in a Honda Accord. <laughs> Leaves my box on the lawn when I come home it's gone so I blame it on the landlord. That's the whole uh... <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Um, oh, I like this one. This one's called Spaceman. I wrote this last week. See how he wears on his head a fishbowl and pretends he's a man up in space. See his padded jammies and his big winter boots stuffed with candies for just in case. See how he hides from neighborhood cats, says it's risky to pester ETs. Mm. And see how he's dug out big lunar craters in the garden between the squash and the peas. And see how he plays all by himself, but says in space you're never alone. See how he disregards mission control when his mom says his nan's on the phone. <laughs> see how he dives through the sprinkler. It's a heat-tracing laser, says he. And see how he blasts off the trampoline, deftly steering zero gravity. See how he climbs the old sycamore, falls asleep beneath Pluto and Mars. And see how he smiles when he's way up high, when he's nearer the moon and the stars. Wow. I like that one. I thought that one was yeah. kind of sweet. Um, <laughs> I thought that was, I thought that thing I created was kind of sweet in the end. I do. That's how I feel about it's it. It's true. Uh, no bars. I put an iMessage in a bottle to send the world an SOS. In the waves, it bobbed and wobbled and faded distant less and less. I put my iPhone in that bottle. Hope I'm found on Apple Maps. More, I hope that they don't dawdle. I'm very bored without my apps. Was that on Monday? No, actually, it wasn't. <laughs> okay. It's a few weeks ago. Wow. Yeah. You you could have tweeted it that day, and I think it would have got some... Uh, no, nothing ever gets any, anything. <laughs> <laughs> what is the best of Will Smith's work? What would he say are the two movies that are the peak of his career? He would probably say this new Serena Williams dad movie. He would say that in like a in like a, a marketing kind of way, but no. But I would say, oh, what what uh, what movies? Probably Ali. Nope, not Ali. Oh, he said two crazy ones. No, they they make sense. They're P- good. Picks. Pursuit of Happiness. Yes. And um, don't ever think it. I'm just trying to like even think of like the core ones, like Men in Black. Yes. Oh, wow. He said his two best are Pursuit of Happiness and Men in Black. He said his worst is Wild Wild West. He does not like Wild yeah, Wild West. Yeah, Wild Wild West was bad. Yes. Went to it. I think it I think it was my um there's this thing that is happening right now where I don't know, it's at least happening on a podcast that I listen to where they say that they I forget what they call it, but it's the term for the number one movie or the number one song on your tenth birthday. Okay. It's like that that like special song or movie to you. And I think the number one movie on my 10th birthday was Wild Wild Blast. All right. Because I went to see it in theaters like with like I had like a birthday party. And I think that was my 10th birthday. And I remember like even then being like I don't like this. This is a running theme now in the podcast of you actually having good taste as a small child. That's true. Well, yeah, a 14-year-old Matrix uh uh, the third installment that's a little more understandable i'm kind of proud of myself for like just not i mean just just drawing I, the line at just Wild being West. like i'm not entertained by this i don't think i ever saw it if i did i don't remember a thing about it i had a good run of like movie theater like saw jurassic park 2 saw the flintstones i'm sure there's other ones i movie but, birthdays yeah yeah movie birthdays i didn't do movie birthdays no. We went to my cottage on the birthday on the on, oh, on cool. my birthdays. We played bingo for candy bars. Nice. That was the tradition. There you go. Yeah, it's a fun game. That's right. Um, did so, Will Smith ruin your birthday? He kind of did. He. That's a good. Yeah. Good tieback. He kind of did. Yeah. Inadvertently. Right. I mean, he admits it was bad. He probably regrets he ruining your bad. birthday. He took it for the paycheck. Yeah, he did. And Tim Burton. That's why we never trust Will Smith. Never trust Will Smith. On your 10th birthday and beyond. <laughs>